The two jurors from our state seem firm in their stance for acquittal, which seems to speak for their constituents. So, will the long battle impact politics here this election year or even in the near future? We'll hear two sides. Meantime, a second stopover by an unconventional candidate who hopes his billfold can be his breakthrough. And this. With a company he helped build still calculating its Christmas earnings, an assessment of an invaluable Arkansas executive. Arkansas Week, next. Support for Arkansas Week provided by the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the Arkansas Times, and KUAR-FM 89. And hello again, everyone. Thanks very much for joining us. An executive who understood both retailing and RBIs has passed on. We'll have a look at his legacy. Trouble for some workers in South Arkansas, but the larger community there seems largely untroubled. Those stories and more coming up on our Reporters' Roundtable. First, the cauldron of Washington. We will not hear, acquit, nor convict the President of the United States. But we'll get a read on how the impeachment trial just may be impacting Arkansas. From the right, State Senator Mark Johnson, Republican of Conway. And from the left, Democratic consultant Michael Cook. Gentlemen, thanks very much for being with us. So have at it. I have to correct you. While I love Conway and it's my hometown, I live in Ferndale now. All right. And you, uh, you, you and the lieutenant governor both made that decide. Well, you know, but, but I'm the proud Johnson of Conway. Name is, some, is somehow inextricably tied. I realize that's Conway. true. That's true. But, uh, but at any rate. So we, you, we, this is such an interesting time because uh, while certainly there's controversy nationally about President Trump in Arkansas, He's extremely popular, and the impeachment has probably added to that. Uh, He's probably at 70 to 75 percent coming up in the election in Arkansas. Now, I realize that doesn't win you the presidency with electoral votes in the blue states, but uh, I actually think that we're looking at this whole process being a, a positive thing for Republicans in Arkansas, and especially at the uh, local and district level, uh, I would, if I were a Democrat uh, county official around the real parts of the state, I'd be grateful that you had a four-year term and didn't have to, to run on the ballot with Bernie Sanders or, or Elizabeth Warren or someone else at the top of the ticket. Well, uh, Michael Cook. You know, here in Arkansas, I can't disagree with, with Trump being popular among, uh, among people of the state. He's going to win Arkansas by a, a very large margin, regardless of whoever the nominee is. Well, I, the senator just suggested as much as two thir- or the three quarters of the popular vote. Now, he did better than 60, well over 60 percent. Right, right, against Hillary Clinton. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, who the nominee is and how it shakes out. Uh, you know, the thing about this, the way the media is now, is that when this trial is over, or of course he's going to be acquitted, it's the Republicans rule the, uh, the, the U.S. Senate, everything moves so quickly, like in four months from now, 
are we even going to remember what had happened? It, it seemed, you know, seemed like the the you know the when he he uh, he took out that Iranian general. That seemed like it was eight months ago, but it was you know in, in a, but it was like weeks ago that this happened. So I think it's early, too early to tell, at least on the, the state level, what this impact could have. Well, it, it moves so quickly. Would you concur with the senator, though, that the impeachment proceedings have tended to harden that base or solidify that base, even even expand I, it? I don't think it's. I don't think it's expanded. I, I really don't think it's. You know, he at least in Arkansas, he has what he has. I don't think he's going to bring on new converts because of the impeachment hearings are that's going to harden it. His base has always been strong here. Um, I, you know, again, I just don't see it making that much of a difference in Arkansas. Now, nationally, whole different ball game. Uh, Senator, you, you talked about the impact on down-ballot races. Are we going to see basically, <clears throat> in your estimation, quote, safe Democratic districts such as they exist continue to be staunchly blue, or is there any erosion there, well, think, any erosion at all? I, I think there's some serious erosion, Steve, and in, in and to, to kind of not disagree with Michael, but to point out some differences. You had a lot of people uh, in 2016 that, uh, voted for Trump uh, reluctantly. It was down between him and, and Hillary Clinton, and he they voted for President Trump, uh, but they weren't so sure. They liked what he said, but you know they just were a little skeptical. Some of his mannerisms. He, after all, he's in many cases he's an obnoxious New York Yankee, and that sometimes doesn't play in the socially conservative Arkansas. However, uh, his his actions, both with the, the economy, his Supreme Court nominees have converted a lot of those people who were rather lukewarm Trump supporters into seriously strong Trump supporters. And I think that that's the thing that will make a difference in our local races and the down-ballot races. I, I would not want to be a county, of course, county clerks aren't up this time. We're in, they're in the middle of a four-year term, but a, a JP or uh, a nominally conservative Democrat in the legislature trying to balance that out uh, in the 2020 election. I think that that he's going to have some long coattails and we may see some some more upsets such as we saw uh, in the in the 2018. The social policies, Michael Cook, abortion, school prayer, uh, a couple of others. Uh, Does that threaten some erosion in in some of those blue precincts? You know, I, I don't see it. I mean, we the, the big fight, frankly, is going to be on the legislative level uh, this time around. We, you know, Democrats have done a good job of fielding candidates throughout the state, and there'll be some fights, there'll be some wins, there'll be some losses. You know, who they are. I, I think there's some districts here in Pulaski County and Northwest Arkansas where Democrats might be able to pull off a few uh, surprises on the legislative level. Uh, you know, I think the things that will be Democrats will be fighting over won't be those issues. I think it'll be health care about how Republicans and Donald Trump are trying to take away your health care insurance. That's a major uh, issue. Education is always a, a major issue that we'll constantly be fighting about. I think Democrats have a, a better uh, handle on that issue. So I think those are the, the big, big topics that we'll be fighting over in, the, in this upcoming election in 2020. Along, along those lines, Senator, it took Democrats exactly one half of one nanosecond to, to jump on Mr. Trump's remark that, yeah, Social Security, Medicare, it may be on the table. Well, is that know, an opening? Well, Steve, you know, they always used He's to say... He's since walked it back a little bit. They ahead. said that, that uh, that's the third rail of politics, and I don't think that particular thing <clears> has changed. Uh, but uh, uh, certainly, you know, the, the president, and again, he benefits from this, and he, he sometimes he has to, to, as you say, walk it back. Uh, he says what's on his mind. 
I think a lot of attraction people have is that he does that. He, he is who he is, and uh, they like it, uh, but every now and then you have to do that. But uh, uh, I think that that's a, an issue best left for proper deliberative politics and not you know, hip shot type politics like we saw in that case. But but anytime we're looking at the kind of fiscal, uh, unsustainable fiscal situation that we have on the federal level now, uh, everything has to be considered. And uh, uh, even those things that uh, uh, once were considered the third rail, and, and certainly those are the two biggest ones, but, but everything, even education policy and, and, and what kind of money we spend in, on the good things uh, when we're looking at the kind of uh, uh, national debt we have that's just, it's unsustainable. And I think people have to be honest on both sides of the aisle about that fact. Well, I think, I think what happens, though, is the classic Republican strategy. You give tax cuts to the wealthy, which then explodes the deficit. And so the Republicans, oh, my gosh, we've got to lower the deficit. Maybe we need to cut Social Security and Medicare. It's, the, it's a playbook we've seen over and over again since Reagan, uh, and that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to come back, oh, my gosh, the deficits are, are so high. Well, you increase, the Republicans increase it by a trillion dollars, so of course we have high deficits. So that's the Republican playbook, cut revenue and then cut earned benefits like Social Security and Medicare. Well, of course, Steve, we... Republicans have still want to cut taxes, and we want to cut spending as well. But uh, historically, and I think President Reagan sort of set the curve on this, uh, the problem was not the, uh, spent the tax cuts, neither are they the problem in Arkansas. Our tax cuts have generated tremendous economic activity. We have record low unemployment, and I'm very proud that we have extremely low unemployment, historically low unemployment in the African-American community to the point that we're seeing uh, some people that are predicting that President Trump could receive 10 to 15 percent of the African-American vote in this election. Now, not saying everything rides on economic statistics, but it's certainly something that bears looking at. A lot of us believe that if you put money back in people's pockets, that stimulates the economy and in many cases stimulates government revenues. Well, but it doesn't quite stimulate it enough to pay for itself, though, which has long been the selling point, though, has it not? There's always a delay. You know, the, the Reagan tax cuts in 81 uh, didn't come along in 82, and you had the folks like uh, Jim McDougal running for Congress on that issue. But by 83 and 84, uh, the country was soaring economically, and, of course, President Reagan won overwhelming re-election. So there's always a delay. Uh, you're going to get... Uh, well, there were some new revenues along the right. way, too. Well, and also, the thing about it, you know, no Republicans are campaigning on the Republican tax cut. In 2018, there were no Republicans on the national level campaigning on the tax cut. There are no Republicans campaigning on the tax, Trump's tax cut now because people realize that it didn't help the average person. It helped out those who make a lot of money, uh, those corporations that have a lot of cash. Those are the ones that benefit, which is why... They don't really talk about it that much. All those corporations that are hiring more and more people and lowering our unemployment rates. And, so and, and, you pay, can't, can't and paying disagree. people low you wages. You can't ignore that, though, Michael. That, that's where, you know, the idea is, does and, money and go in the, the deficit too. Po pockets of the people who own stock in corporations? That means everyone that has a pension plan. Or does it, uh, uh, when you see the unemployment rate drop to the point that it has now, I mean, these, these, are, these are considered frictional unemployment rates. The economy is doing great because of the policies that President Trump has put forth. And I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too much here in Arkansas, but, but we've had three historic tax cuts in Arkansas. We catch 
some some lip from the Democrats over the last one because it was the the last piece to go in. That was an upper income tax cut, but we'd already cut taxes for middle income and poor people in Arkansas, and I hope we continue to look for opportunities like that. The senator went first. Michael, that means you get the last word. Well, again, this this age-old debate over over tax cuts, that's the only thing Republicans seem to have to offer nowadays. They offer really nothing on health care. All they want to do is try to take away our health care insurance. They have no real plans for public education. It's now tougher if you want to go to college, if you're a middle-class family trying to pay uh, for college. You have to take out massive loans to get there, all because of the tax cut policies led by the Republicans that have hurt people in the everyday Arkansans in the middle class just trying to make it. We could go on, and we will at a later date. Gentlemen, I hope you'll come back. Thank you, Steve. Senator thank you. Michael thank you. Cook, thank you. Thank you. And we'll be right back. And we're back now with a couple of old pals. Michael Hiblin is news director of KUAR. Public Radio in Central Arkansas, Lance Turner, reporter, editor for Arkansas Business. And thanks, guys, for coming in. Well, we just heard two uh, pros, one left, one right. Uh, Michael, not a, not much movement of the needle, except maybe farther to the right. Well, it will probably uh, uh, reinforce the positions uh, people already have, whether they like or dislike Trump. Uh, Senator Johnson brought up an interesting point, though, about... Uh, uh, President Trump could end up more popular here in Arkansas. Uh, so much of this impeachment trial has been uh, based on the format of President Clinton's impeachment trial. And I had talked with uh, Senator John Bozeman before uh, the start of the trial, and uh, he brought up the fact that uh, President Clinton came out of uh, his impeachment trial more popular, and it ended up hurting Republicans uh, because many felt it was an unfair process. Uh, so many of the things that you heard her- early on in the investigations of uh, President Clinton uh, didn't pan out. When you think about the Whitewater and uh, the other realis- uh, other dealings that were investigated by uh, Ken Starr, uh, uh, who ironically is now one of uh, President Trump's uh, attorneys in this. Uh, so it will be interesting to uh, see how things uh, Uh, do work out, but uh, we've had, obviously, this is the first week of hearing arguments. So far, it's been uh, the Democratic impeachment managers. Saturday, the uh, Republicans, or uh, rather the president's attorneys, will begin uh, making their arguments. And you spoke, uh, you had some time with Senator Bozeman one-on-one this past week. Uh, He's, (laughs) as his colleague from Arkansas, Mr. Cotton, they both seem squarely, haven't heard anything yet, they say. They say, uh, you know, he, uh, a few interesting uh, details. He had said uh, he wouldn't be surprised if uh, witnesses uh, did end up being called. He expects there will be uh, a lot of questions uh, once things are presented. Now, this was obviously before uh, the rules were uh, finalized on uh, Tuesday. He also expected this would uh, take uh, much longer than uh, it's looking like maybe it might now. We don't know, but apparently he, uh, we've uh, heard since, uh, had, uh, you know, encouraged uh, uh, Mitch McConnell to uh, not try to rush this uh, as much as uh, the White House and uh, apparently Republican leadership had been wanting. Uh, 
Uh, he also, uh, we are reading this morning in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, uh, read about how, you know, a lot of the uh, senators have been spending their time. Bozeman apparently has been uh, taking notes and uh, uh, watching uh, carefully as the proceedings have gone on. Uh, and uh, other senators, you know, we've heard about uh, working crossword puzzles or one even falling asleep. Uh, uh, but this is obviously continuing uh, to go on, and uh, we'll find out reaction. Yeah, thus far it hasn't changed, as far as anyone knows, hasn't changed right. a single vote. We also have this, and kind of an Arkansas connection, and that's the messy business of Hunter Biden, who, as the time we take this broadcast on Friday, has been commanded to by a judge to appear in a Batesville court in the paternity business. Now, it's... The president's advocates in Washington are obviously doing all they can to make hay of this, demanding that if there are witnesses, well, Mr. Biden should be at the top of the list. That's right. And, and you know, we'll see what happens. I think with this Arkansas case, I think it, it, it is, uh, it's nothing but good for, for the Trump White House to be kicking up as much dust around Hunter Biden as they can, even if something is seemingly insignificant as a paternity case. I think it still helps them. They would, they would like to see more attention focused on this paternity case, in fact, according to, to Tom Cotton this week. But I think what's at play there, too, is and why he's uh, been threatened with contempt of court here in Arkansas, is the turning over of documents, financial documents, tax records even. Um, and, and even Tom Cotton has, has sort of he finds himself very suspicious about someone who would not turn over their tax records, and, and maybe that means that there's something to hide there, uh, which is interesting uh, on a couple levels. But certainly, um, you know, it, it helps them to have uh, any dirt about Biden and Burisma uh, being kicked up and, and taking some of the focus off uh, allegations against the president. And uh, I think, you know, I think as, as the Republicans, as the White House begins its defense over the weekend, uh, drawing a Saturday start, which is for them kind of unfortunate, I would think, from an attention standpoint. Uh, but I think you'll, you'll hear more about that. Um, but I also think, you know, they seem to be signaling, uh, at least today, that it's going to be, they may not use their full time in terms of their defense. They may try to, you know, a uh, couple days and, and be done with it and, and deny, deny, deny. Uh, and maybe not even defend point by point allegations, uh, because I think they're they are betting that I mean there's nothing to gain from any of that. People's minds are made up in the Senate, and the vote is going to go their way. Yeah. Well, on to uh, well, we had another visit from by a presidential candidate, his second, and that's Mr. Bloomberg came back to Arkansas this past week. Yeah, Michael Why? Bloomberg. <laughs> well, it's uh, apparently uh, part of his strategy. He announced his... I mean, he's welcome, and they all are. <laughs> well, and, and it got a little bit of uh, Come on down. attention. Yeah. The, the regular folks who came out, he took part in Little Rock's Martin Luther King Jr. parade on Monday, and uh, it's he filed too late in the season to uh, get on the ballot in the first four primary states in the country. So he is focusing on, uh, well, not only Super Tuesday states is what he told me, but also all other uh, remaining contests. But clearly, he is putting a, a focus on uh, Arkansas. I think this is more than any other presidential candidate uh, has given any thought to. So it's interesting seeing him coming to take part in this. And uh, I did get to speak with him for a little bit before the start of the parade. Uh, he touted the, he said, it was very intentional that he came on uh, the Martin Luther King holiday uh, because he had uh, he wanted to the history of uh, civil rights 
in uh, Little Rock, and in particular the uh, Central High School, 1957. He had been in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, which also has a rather notorious history the day before that. So he had a message to uh, convey to people. But back to why he's here, uh, the second well, he also visit. Had, it needs to be said, he's still trying to politically atone for the stop-and-frisk policies yes. in, that he imposed in Manhattan. That is also yeah. a key factor. Uh, but he is, he, he's got this strategy of just focusing on perhaps if the delegates are uh, split elsewhere, uh, then maybe if he can do well on Super Tuesday, then maybe he can really start to develop some momentum. That remains to be seen, but uh, it is, uh, and really, uh, the thinking is we'll probably know by the end of the day when the results are in on that uh, Super Tuesday election, what, March 3rd. We should know whether Bloomberg is uh, uh, out of the water or still in this. Lance, some discouraging news for Clark County, and yet Clark County is the scene of some potentially some good long-term news. Could be, that's right. Yeah, this week the uh, the Danfoss plant in Arkadelphia announced that it would close by the end of the year. Uh, they make air compressors and uh, HVAC-related equipment, uh, and uh, had been, that plant has been down there for a long time. Um, 170 people will have ultimately lose their jobs because that plant is closing, and, and uh, the reason given is that demand for that particular product has just fallen off. They've got other, uh, they're an international company, so they've got, they've got <coughs> factories all over the world, uh, so there's some consolidation happening, and at some point in that history that, you know, consolidation has benefited that plant, but, but this time it was, it was time to shut it down, and um, talking to local leaders down there um, the, at the local chamber, they had sort of seen this coming. They had noticed hours being reduced for some of those workers, uh, so they weren't terribly surprised that it was happening. Uh, but they weren't uh, completely down about it because they feel like they've got some big employers that are coming online in that area that are going to be able to soak up those jobs. Uh, there's a there's a French company that's purchased the uh, the old Alcoa recycling facility in in the, that same industrial park. Uh, and they are looking to hire about 140 people. Uh, there's another company that's going to hire another 10 to 15. They, they feel like they've got very specific examples of people who are coming in that could, that could soak up those jobs once they're able to retrain some of those workers. And, of course, the big elephant in the room down there is the Sun Paper plant, right. um, which is sort of um, in something of a limbo right now. Um, that, the, the plans for that plant had gotten retooled. They're going to make a different type of product than what they originally announced, and so they had to start their permitting process all over again. Um, uh, but there's also the matter of the, of the, uh, the U.S.-China trade dispute, and uh, I think as long as that's in the air, we've got a phase one deal that was approved, but there's still a lot of stuff that needs to be ironed out between those two countries. And as long as that's happening, the future of that plant is going to kind of be a little hazy. And this tonight also, Kent, with short time remaining, even the family of the founder say it is difficult to overstate the impact of David Glass on the world's largest corporation, and that's Walmart of Arkansas. Mr. Glass passed on. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. Day. There'll be a service for him and Rogers on Monday, a memorial service. Uh, died at 85. He, uh, the, the, he, he is uh, a pivotal figure in retail and in business in America. Uh, he was Sam Walton's hand-picked successor, began as CEO in 1988 in, 
ended his tenure in 2000. At that time, oversaw the phenomenal growth that made Walmart the modern global giant that it is today. Uh, and um, everything from Supercenters launched under his watch, a big uh, emphasis on the technology that powers that company. He knew about big data long before a lot of other people did. Uh, and so he definitely is a, is a towering figure who will be missed for sure. Well, uh, he did some pretty, uh, not only in Bentonville, but in Kansas City, he did some pretty Made a lot of folks too. happy with the Royals. They finally won a World Series in 2015, I believe, and they, he, owned that com- he owned that team, sold it for a billion dollars uh, last year, and bought it for like $96 million. So he, he knew what he was doing with baseball, too. Yeah, a decent return on the investment, as That's it right. were. Uh, let's also check in very quickly on Christmas earnings. We're still awaiting... Speaking of Walmart. That's right. Still awaiting. They're kind of the big ones sitting out there. Um, I think retail sales for the period uh, were up, um, the the industry as a whole. But individual retailers are having problems. Target uh, disappointed with its uh, holiday sales. Some other retailers are struggling, JCPenney, Sears. Um, Walmart will report next month. And so we'll know a lot more about what's happening there. They've made some executive changes at Walmart U.S. and Sam's Club in in recent days. And so... What does that portend? We don't know. We'll wait to see the numbers in February. All right, gentlemen, thanks very much for coming in. The passing of Mr. Glass was not the only one that we uh, note. An old friend, uh, Jim Lara of the PBS NewsHour, left us just a couple of days ago. He was instrumental. He and his partner, the late Robin McNeil, of course, were the, the driving force behind PBS NewsHour as acclaimed today as it was in their day, uh, which hopefully will continue at least in spirit. It was the privilege of some of us to spend a bit of time with Jim Lara over the years and Mr. McNeil. We can assure you it was time well spent. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you next week. Support for Arkansas Week provided by the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the Arkansas Times, and KUAR-FM 89.